Well, you're tuned to Radio Alderberg 93.6 FM and it is time for Pennywise. Now, we welcome back Wes Juna. Good morning, how are you? I'm very well, thanks, guys. How are you guys? We are fantastic, thanks. Listen, so last week we heard the budget speech and we heard the outcome, but let's discuss it and, and just unpack the budget. So, Wes, with the budget just released, uh, there is so much information there. There were lots of numbers, percentages, acronyms like the GDP. You know, what, what does that mean? So, we're going to ask you, what are some of the key takeaways from the budget speech? Speech. Yeah. Johnny, there's a ton of information there. And I think, actually, people would do well to just go uh, onto some financial websites and get some balanced views on the budget. Because depending on where your loyalties lie, you either liked it or you didn't. Now, for example, if you're a government employee, maybe it wasn't great news for you. But if you were the director of a company, then maybe you found it encouraging. Exactly, So, so my advice would be go on to for example MoneyWave and just read different viewpoints from different analysts and try and get a broad picture of some of the issues and the reason I say I don't want to delve into the detail of the budget too much is because it's so broad it speaks to so many sectors and industries and issues but I think where a good place to focus on would be the tax side of the budget speech because that's what impacts all of us Mm, for sure. Okay, thank you, Wes. That's excellent. So what were some of the takeaways from the tax perspective that will be affecting us all? And I think that the one we all know about is syntax. So we kind of like, okay, uh, which went up, of course. And what are some of the other ones there that are interesting and that is affecting our personal taxes? And where are the big changes? Yeah, so syntax or the duties on cigarettes and alcohol, that went up by 8%. And, mm-hmm. and even though we may moan about it, in reality, governments around the world, they try their best to measure a nation's tax morality with a thing that they call the Laffer Curve, and we'll speak more about that a little bit later on. But in effect, people realize that cigarettes and booze are ultimately bad for your health, or they can lead to damaging effects on society. And that's why, colloquially, they're called sin taxes. And so... People don't actually mind paying more for these items. Or put another way, governments don't have an issue taxing them more. Mm-hmm. And the argument is that if they force people to pay more, then potentially fewer people consume them, which has a better long-term effect on the health of our society. And it's the same logic with sugar tax and carbon tax. All of these things, if government makes them more expensive, It'll discourage excessive consumption of them, which ultimately is going to be a good thing for the environment, a good thing for the healthcare system. And actually, you can see their point now over COVID, where with the booze ban, hospital admissions were down so much so that Chris Hardy Bongwanis Hospital in Soweto never had any trauma cases over New Year's for the first time in their history. So you can see that these things do work. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So there's a major thought that goes into which taxes to increase and decrease and to hold steady. And that brings us a little bit onto our personal taxes. So something that we hear about quite often is the term fiscal drag. And I I just want to take a few moments to just explain what fiscal drag is. So fiscal drag is a self-tax. It's a way that government kind of increases our personal taxes without us really knowing it. And the way that they do this is Instead of increasing the tax rate, that would be very obvious. So instead of paying 40% tax, you now pay 45% tax. Instead of doing that, what they do is 
they don't increase the tax bracket, or if they do increase them, they increase them only by a small amount. So now, what that means, if I try and put it into an example, because we're on a tiered tax system, which means if your salary goes up, you'll pay, you'll pay more. You'll, you'll fall into a different bracket. Mm-hmm. So using an example, if, if your salary is 100000 and you pay tax at 18%, and then next year, you get an increase and your salary goes from 100000 to 110000 Because you've now had an increase, you've moved into a higher bracket. And your tax now would be 100, 000, 18% on your first 100000 and now, for example, 26% on your next 10000 And so governments been quite stealthy in the past in that if salaries increased on average by 5%, they didn't increase those tax brackets, or they only increased them by like 1%, meaning that we slowly started paying more tax without realizing it. Mm-hmm. But the good news is that this year, they've increased those tax brackets by 5%, which is well above inflation. And all that means is that there's not going to be this fiscal drag effect on us, and there's not going to be this stealth tax. Mm-hmm. Wes, you also mentioned something earlier about the Laffer curve. What is that and why is it important? So the Laffer curve is, is something that people use to try and measure the relationship between tax rates mm-hmm. and the amount of money that government can collect. And it's, it's not a straight line. It's not like if government goes, okay, we're going to increase taxes, we're going to collect more money. It doesn't actually work like that. It comes a point when increasing taxes too much means government will actually collect less money because people are going to find a way to aggressively reduce their tax. Mm. And the reason for this is it's because they look at how their tax money is spent. And our government has recognized that South Africans are very close to the point on that curve where they're fed up with paying increased personal tax and seeing that money spent poorly or corruptly. And so people are going to find ways to not pay tax, either legally or in some other ways. So in some sense, the Laffer curve is tied into people's trust of government and government's morality. So an easy example, like we mentioned, people don't mind paying more for the sin taxes, but when it comes to personal income taxes, they can't see the benefit that they're getting, then people will not want to pay them. And we have a tax committee called the Davis Tax Committee that looks at all of these things and they make recommendations to government as to what's the fairest and the most equitable taxes to increase. And the final example a couple of years back was that. Mm-hmm. There was a big debate as to whether to increase it or, or rather to introduce a wealth tax or a tax for the rich. And, and the reason that there was this debate is because that is a consumption tax, meaning everybody pays it equally. Rich, poor, middle class. And actually, it probably affects the poor more than the rich because it's a higher percentage of the poor salary goes towards consumption than the rich do. So it was, it was quite a political hot potato to increase the that rate. Sure. It must be so interesting to hear some of these discussions. I mean, uh, just thinking about what you're saying now, are there any other key issues that are worth chatting about today? Yeah, so briefly, I just, just to give some context, when people hear that taxes are increasing, that there's such excellent thought that goes into how they, they figure this out. So again, if we're using that as an example, just for some context, South Africa is quite low in comparison to global VAT rates. If we just look at the UK as an example, their VAT rate is 20% compared to ours at 15%. It's just that our government is so low to increase it for those reasons that we just mentioned. Um, 
And in terms of our, our business or our corporate company tax, it's 28%. That now is quite high comparatively to global tax rates on companies. So really in this budget, government has said that from next year, they're going to decrease the corporate tax rate by 1% to 27%. So maybe they're just trying to give us some hope now by throwing us a bone. But the reason that they're doing it is they're trying to make us more competitive internationally. You can see that actually the data flexibility does some really good work at looking at worldwide trends and then looking at fairness and equality in our South African context. Sure. It is uh, such a broad concept, this whole entire budget speech. But when you hear Wes talking about it, he breaks it down into little pieces that you can mm, understand. You absolutely. know, so I like that. Wes, thanks a lot for chatting to us again this morning in Pennywise. Uh, Wes, so that was actually just, uh, we want to say a general summary of the tax implications for this uh, next te- tax year, um, as well as a bit of the understanding as how to government comes up with these decisions. But if you want to know more, if you want to dig into this and see how you can benefit, or maybe your business, you can contact Wes. His email address is wesley at multitrust.net. You can also go to our Facebook page and you can find more links there as we posted that as well. Wes, thanks a lot. We'll be chatting to you next week again. Yes, thanks so much, guys. See you then. Cheers. Bye.